I don't know. I was leaving it up to you. Okay, I thought you'd right. tally up like the. I'll do it the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, any way you do it will be the best way. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll undermine that. Okay. <laughs> hey, well, everybody, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You get like four welcomes today. Uh, one for each member of the CR101 crew, and also one for every time you thought about giving up on us, but you didn't because you thought there's no way they'll ever get through season one of Community. There's no way we'll ever get to the end, uh, but we did it. People, we did it, and we're here. What do you think mm-hmm. of us now? Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Some people scale Mount Everest, you know, some people, you know, sail on a small little boat the whole way around the world. But others, they attempt a whole season of uh, community uh, on a podcast. And I think that's something special. Does it make us heroes? Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree completely. Well, hi, I'm Justin. With me is uh, Heather and Thomas and Al. Oi. And hey. hey. (laughs) We're we're excited because tonight we're going to break with our usual pattern, which is to take an episode of Community, NBC's Community, and dissect it. Rather, we just finished all of season one, and we thought, let's just take a show where we have a whole episode, and we take a step back, and we look at the season as a whole, and our journey uh, as as a podcast, our journey uh, going through this season, our journey putting up with Thomas week after week. It's It's been a bear, but we're here. So. This has been this has been like really good, like inexpensive, free uh, childcare for my parents. So thank you. <laughs> you guys didn't know that Thomas is a very precocious eight year old, but uh, you wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, wise well, beyond his years. <laughs> so yeah. how do you guys feel about being at here at this moment in in CR one hundred and one history? really awesome like I, I really do feel like it's a cool accomplishment that we've stuck together for this long kept it going you guys uh, the audience has been hanging with us all this time no revolts yet over a year too it's taken us over a year to get through 25 episodes plus we had the extra webisodes episode and I think and also an introductory episode so mm-hmm. yeah we've we've really stocked almost 30 episodes here uh, yeah, that's, that's a good I, chunk. I think it's been pretty exciting. I, I think it, it's it been interesting going into a show like Community and actually having a conversation about it, because I think there are some shows that lend themselves to like intimate dissection, and I would not have put Community on the list as much as I love it. But this has been a really, really fun time, and I think we've actually found some really interesting things to talk about. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. If I think about it, even my friends who I know also love community, we've never really just talked about the show together. We go, oh, you love community too? Yeah, I love it. Oh, how funny. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> so this has been great. Yeah. And to overextend my, my Mount Everest thing that I'm now thinking of, my analogy with Mount Everest, I think actually we haven't reached the top. I think season one is like, we're near the top and then i do think i imagine season two and three is mostly at the top and that's just us at the top dancing so i'm looking forward to that bit and then i think season four (laughs) might be jumping off the other side but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) or we could just like say it's that we're at base camp right we this is the beginning in many ways it's the beginning of our journey we still have uh five seasons to go we still have a number of other little things we want to accomplish but it's it's a good point to just kind of set up camp take a breather look back at our accomplishment rather just reached the part at the bottom of the mountain where uh the first people start dying uh yeah (laughs) yeah one of us tonight bodies on the way will die which one you'll have to listen to the whole episode (laughs) spoiler it's al Oh, that that, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but how he goes, nobody would have predicted it. It's uh, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, you wouldn't think you could beat a man with that many shoes. But where did we get all the shoes? Also, how did we pack that many? <laughs> but going back to this idea of uh, like doing a podcast, I've I've done many podcasts before, but never done one where we dissected a show, and that was a huge. 
attractive idea and and coming to community rewatching 101 that you know like i've listened to podcasts that have done this sort of thing i thought that that sounds so much fun like really getting into the nitty-gritty of every episode uh kind of giving my thoughts but also hearing my co-host thoughts and it was a lot of fun to put the show together i was really glad that in the initial days we got a full team like i was willing to do it if it was just me and one other person but i'm really glad we got a, a team of four of us uh, because we get multiple perspectives and we also get to kind of bond together over the course of doing this show. So, you know, at this point, we've we've gotten to hang out many, many hours and gotten to know each other a little bit better. And it's, it's actually been really fun. That's definitely right. There's a highlight for me. Not for Heather, but for me. Yeah. You know, I just. I've just been sticking through it just because you guys are begged me so much. I don't even like being here. You're the most famous. So we need, <laughs> we need your star power. Here. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> you, and, you and your 30 Twitch viewers. We need them. <laughs> 200 now. <clears throat> 200. Oh, I'm sorry. oh, Right on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She's internet famous. Or internet Woo. Famous. Oh, yeah. Whole 200. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. definitely it has been really cool just being, you know, getting to 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 meet Heather again. You know, we collaborated on a bunch of articles back in the day, um, and we're friends mm-hmm. on Facebook, just like you and Justin are. Uh, Justin and I are rather, but Justin and I we never really talked all that much, you know, in uh, not in the way we do now, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, and and Thomas, you're my first friend from across the Pacific Ocean, and oh, so lovely. that's been very exciting oh. as well just getting to know you and to you know and to, to learn all the cool things about you and to find that you're really just fun and hilarious and i'm glad that you're a part of the show so oh that's nice i feel exactly the same way about you guys you guys are my american mm-hmm. friends <laughs> and I, I do, we I are mean, not ambassadors we are gladiators <laughs> i do make this podcast international for you i'm the international one and so there yeah i am representing for much of your audience, I hope, for the Australians, for the Brits, for the New Zealanders. Yeah, um, I Can't leave them out. All of them. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, you're representing a about. whole lot of people here, man. That's, yeah. uh, that's no pressure. gutsy for you. He's an Australian ever, man. Yeah. <laughs> and aren't they all really like, the same country, right? We used to have one oh, guy yeah. in, uh, our mutant reviewers who uh, was in England, and so the second that happened, we we're like, "Well, we're international. <laughs> <Worldwide."> <laughs> we made it. This is this is some much needed credibility added." We had a Danish person too, and we're like, "Yeah, yeah." So we can start advertising ourselves. Really, that's Danish that's person? why you're here, Thomas. It's just for giving us an extra added credibility, mm-hmm. so, marketing purposes. Fair enough. So yeah, well, let's look at um, let's look at season one. So. The difference, I think the first thing I want us to talk about tonight is what is the difference now that you've fully done a episode by episode rewatch, the difference between watching the whole season previously on your own and now kind of really, really looking at every episode and talking about it and kind of looking at it with an analytical eye. How's that kind of like change? Did that kind of break community for you? Did it ruin the experience? Do you think you'll ever be able to go back and just watch season one normally ever again without hearing Heather go, uh, uh, tell me about Sputnik, Pierce, in your head? <laughs> Good luck. Or throbbing cosmic wounds. No. <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, I know for me, it's... Um, it's really made me stop and think about what I find funny and why I find things funny. I think by their very nature, sitcoms are pretty disposable or they're pretty, you know, they're kind of like fast food and you can just sort of eat them, digest them and move on with your day. And the bad episodes of community do exactly that. And so I never thought about them very much, but being able to, being forced to sit with them and to think about them and to come to conclusions about them has really given me appreciation for the episodes that work and has sort of helped me understand a little bit more about my own humor and why this show in particular has stood out to me so hard. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I didn't think of that. I, I, I do think 
analyzing the episodes like this in more detail has made me like a lot of things less uh like you alluded to there justin i think i enjoy a lot of this season less if i just sat down and watched it because of all the analyzing but i think definitely other bits i would enjoy more because uh because I, I appreciate some of the best comedy even more because it, we've delved into why it's so clever and why it's so interesting. Uh, so it, it overall just, I suppose, makes this season more vivid in my mind, uh, which is with the negatives and the positives. Uh, yeah. I always really liked hearing what you guys found funny. And amusing. And sometimes mm. you drew my attention to parts of the episode because I've seen it so many times. I've never, I stopped noticing or I never noticed in the first place. So that was, in a way, it was kind of like being able to watch it myself, but also vicariously watching it through your eyes. And that's, I don't know, it's, it was, it's kind of surreal, but it's a really fun uh, experience. Like, especially when you get past just, wanting to be on the podcast because, oh, I've got an ego and I need to share what I think because I have the best brain to analyze this show. It's really it like I don't think we've ever had that. It's been more of a let's collaboratively just jaw about an episode. And, you know, some of us might have some good points and some of us might be just talking off the top of our heads, but it's kind of just fun to ping pong back and forth. I don't know. I'm kind of curious, like for the future when I do like maybe a few years from now, because I'm going to really have to get some distance between season one, like are analyzing it now and when I go back and rewatch it. But it's going to be really interesting, like what memories from this show pop up when I rewatch season one, because I think there's going to be a lot of it. Heather gets in your head like that. I do. I do. I really just need you guys to tell me about Sputnik. That's all I've been trying to say for for forever now. But I'm I'm really happy to have gotten to watch this show and talk about it with people because by the time I got into it, which was only like a year or so before you asked asked me about the podcast, I I knew it was really popular and famous. I couldn't talk to anyone about it though because I hadn't seen it. And then when I did start watching it, it was by myself and I didn't see all of the episodes. So it's been really nice to sit down and actually watch the whole thing front to back and discuss every episode with people and really get in tune with what's so great about it, why it's such a beloved series. And I've really loved, especially Justin, you're pointing out all the hilarious background jokes that I had never noticed. Mm. Never noticed like the the posters and stuff in the background or like what certain characters were doing in the background. I do in movies, but for some reason in community, I didn't. And I've really loved going through and starting to look for it because of you and go, oh, look at that. Look at that funny little thing that they don't even talk about. It's just there. Well, you guys all do that now. I think we've all gotten really good at because it's a mm-hmm. very dense show. It's a oh, lot yeah. more dense than people uh, kind of at first assume when they come at it. Like Al was saying, you know, it's a sitcom. So you kind of come at it and think, oh, it's going to be really light and fluffy. Um, yeah, so looking at season one here, uh, now that we've analyzed it, has it really changed your initial impression of season one or did it kind of cement how you felt the season was originally? Yeah, well, I it's think coming. I remembered it being more uh, even than I found it this time. Uh, this time around, going episode by episode, I realized how uneven and disjointed a lot of this season actually is. And inconsistent in terms of what kind of show it it wants to be yet, and um, and who even are the the main characters, and what kind of characters like Jeff and Britta are, and things. Uh, but on the other hand, I I didn't remember how bold this season is. I think this season surprised me in terms of how out there some of the episodes are, and how we get like the chicken one and the um, as well as modern warfare and stuff, some really bold uh, out there episodes this season. I expected it. I remembered it being slightly more sitcom tame than it actually was. Oh, speaking of the chicken episode, I had not watched Goodfellas until after I'd watched that episode. Uh, so 
like rewatched it for the podcast and I, I got to appreciate what they were doing in that episode a whole lot more after I saw the movie. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I still haven't seen Goodfellas, so we got to do it again. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of what Thomas said rings true for me as well. My memory of Community is that it was fire right out of the gate. You know, I, I remember in our second episode, Spanish 101, talking about, you know, just how on the floor rolling around laughing I was at the uh, Pierce and Jeff's uh, presentation in Spanish class. And, you know, it, it really being forced to slow down and getting one episode of community every two weeks to have to sit and think about really maybe stop and go like, Oh, this is, you know, intro to film where we're sitting with that. that that's my episode this week. Huh? That's the thing I'm really going to dig into. The opposite of binge culture. We were talking yes. about before the podcast, you know, opposite of what mm-hmm. everybody's doing with, here's a whole season of a show. Watch it all in one night. Right. Yeah. Yes. We're counterculture right now. Love it. We're so edgy. <laughs> you iconoclasts, you. <laughs> wow. Flatterer. I'm just going to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to hope I use that word correctly. Uh... Yeah. So uh... <laughs> what about you, Justin? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting to see. Sometimes Al pauses and it's a meaningful pause because he's going to come back and say something very profound. And sometimes he's just getting a sip of water. So you never know what's going on. Um, yeah. So. I don't know if it really changed too much how I always thought of season one in terms of the overall. Uh, I knew going into this show, like the first seven or eight episodes were going to be weaker, not terrible, but community season one definitely took a little while to kind of find its stride. Some characters were great right out of the gate. Some took a while to to get going and the format of the show took a while. Uh, I think one thing that, I did find surprising once we're really noticing a lot of things was how uneven the use of the guest stars were in season one. Uh, You know, like John Oliver, uh, you know, we see Duncan for, we talked about this last week. We saw him for several episodes early on. Then he just all but disappears until the last episode. Uh, You know, sometimes we see some of these side characters, like, you know, a little bit of Garrett here, a little bit of Leonard there, but there's not a lot of them, you know, in my mind, these characters have always been part of community, and it's so weird how little season one uses uh, some of these long-running side characters, whereas we get, like, Vaughn in three episodes and we'll never see him again. Um, so, yeah, it the unevenness of season one, it, it's okay. You know, like, it's always been in my head, like, this show really gets going in season two, but there's a lot of merit to season one. There's a lot of very good stories, uh, but it really does kind of go episode by episode rather than a collaborative whole. Um, it's also been kind of interesting seeing like more tame Greendale before they really go off the deep end. And I think it's been kind of fun just talking about that aspect with you guys. Like as nutty as some of these episodes have been, uh, they're nowhere near where the show is going to go. So that's, it gets me very, like I'm always anticipating what's coming and maybe I'm not being so patient about it. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a little hard to deal with. Uh, I also, yeah. Another thing that really stood out uh, on our rewatch was how Chang was used less and less and less as the season went along. And like, they ran out of stuff for him to do. And he was such a great asset to the show that it was such a good move that they just got him out of that teaching role and started using him in more flexible position in future seasons because he's a really funny Ken Jeong is a really funny actor and um, he was he's kind of done dirty this season I didn't really ever think of that too much beforehand so um, okay well so what are our personal highs and lows from this season I guess well, let's just talk about let's let's go bad news first. What are your lows from season one? We can talk about characters, moments, themes, episodes. What do you just not like about this season? I well, hate the Christmas episode. I yeah? hated that. That Whoa. was awful. You weren't here for that. I wasn't. Right? Nope, nope. I recently rewatched it so I could remember how I felt about it to give out the information, like my grades. Oh, I hated that. That was such Why? a slog for me. I didn't see anything funny. 
in the whole episode, I didn't like how Shirley was being the whole time. Like she just seemed so awful until the very end. <laughs> and I just felt she was too awful. I, I get what they were going for as far as her like becoming more accepting, but ugh, I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. I didn't like the, the break in group that he called <laughs> the break in bullies, whatever. I thought it was funny that they removed their shirts at the end, though. And Britta's like, okay, come on, I'm being pwned, right? Like, because she keeps <laughs> saying that, like, two guys wanting to fight is really just like their inner gayness trying to escape. And I, I, I mean, I thought that got a slight chuckle out of me. But otherwise, I did not like that episode. That whole episode was a downer for me. I was kind of floored when you sent in those those lit, the, the late grades to me and you had given that one an F. That's that's our biggest spread in the whole season, actually. Because oh, yeah. wow. if, if you had been there talking about the episode, we could have changed your mind. At all. I wondered that, too, but I just thought, I, I don't see. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any way. <laughs> Justin and Thomas gave those C's, so it's pretty kind of right down the middle. And eh. mm. you gave it an F and I gave it an A. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Heather so, versus Al. Seriously. <laughs> the blood feud is back on. <laughs> oh, and I do love the little bit with Troy dressed up as the as a Christmas Troy at Christmas the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that one that that was worth, you know, that that was a bright a bright light so, at the end some of the of those tunnel. Little, I guess we didn't even put that as one of the questions, but like um I'll do that real quick and then we'll go back to Lowe's. So what was your favorite just pick one, your favorite end credit scene? Can you think of one that just stood out above all the rest? Wasn't this season with the rap, the Spanish rap? Yep. Yeah, that's that's mine. That's mine. I have to go for Troy and Abed in the morning. I can't <laughs> believe that was this season. It's got to be that. And the, that the fact the, that one is just so much enhanced by so much of what's going on there like we discussed when it was that episode uh just all the people in the background at the glass window there's so many layers actually going on in that little bit <laughs> i i yeah i probably would choose that one too although i also really liked i don't i don't know why i find it so funny and relatable but uh when Troy's trying to leave a, a message on his phone for Abed and he oh, keeps yeah. doing it over and over again because <laughs> he can't get the tone right and then Jeff comes over and he can't get it right. And um, it's just, yeah, it was just one of those things that they, like they put their finger on a moment that we've all done so well. So I, I love that one a lot. Yeah, I might have I'll... to say the Christmas is my second favorite. I just like okay. Jeff coming in and being like, why do you guys do this? And they're like, because it's fun. And then Jeff's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> There's not a lot of those uncredited ones where they have like Shirley and Britta and Annie, by the way, mm. Mm -hmm. mm, that's at true. least this season. That's true. Go. I think the, the only, only one that you guys didn't mention that jumps out to me, and I'm just totally going off memory here, but I really, really like Troy and Abed's kick puncher fan film. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. That, that was awesome. All right. Well, let's let's we're being too upbeat. Darn it. Let's go back to the lows. <laughs> lows of season one. Things you just did not care for. Hum, hum, hum. Feel free to be a, a Heather level of humbug if you need to be. I'll, I'll even break open the humbug seal if we want. The I hated the episode. The, the whole thing about the episode <laughs> where they're fighting with the high schoolers. Yeah, you know, Adore. like that. It's so uh, cringy. It's just like, oh, ouch. Ugh. Why? That was that was really hard to win us over. Yeah, that was hard to watch. Yeah. What was that one called again? I'm forgetting the, the art of discourse. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that one was that one was really rough. I think. Big low for me, and this is we talked to this to death already. But the relationship stuff really kind of being in full swing in this season mm -hmm. was just uh, I I clearly don't hate it as much as Justin, for example. But mm -hmm. it's uh, it really does bring any episode it's in down. It feels out of place. It's not fun. It's not not interesting, and mm -hmm. it's just one more. I think Community did a lot of things trying to placate the people's expectations of a, of a sitcom mm. while still doing the thing that it wanted to do. And I don't think it was always as successful as it 
thought it was trying to have its cake and mash it into the dean's face too exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly or satisfy network note fantasy. takers note makers <laughs> <laughs> dream come true <laughs> uh, yeah the uh I, I went on my rant last episode and i feel all ranted out about it but uh yeah that was not just that they kept trying to force some of these relationships that weren't really like didn't have the chemistry weren't really working but it really upset me that jeff and britta got to such a good place of being friends and just kind of natural kind of brother sister kind of and then then they had to pull this stunt in the last episode and it eh, just flames flames on the side of my face flames (laughs) Uh, yeah that that was that was that's a low, but it's also okay because really it's they're trying out a lot of things in season one, and you can see that. And I think they do a really good job holding on to the stuff that works and jettisoning the stuff that didn't. And so you know, if it makes for a better show later on, and I truly believe it does, I'm all for you know some of these rougher moments, growing pains. Yeah. Yeah, another uh, downside or low point is I think early on in this season, there were a number of episodes where uh, it did kind of feel like they were more making fun of Arbed than making fun with Arbed. Uh, And there were a lot more kind of cynical or kind of nasty jokes, which I honestly still mostly found funny. (laughs) But, uh, But I still... I, I'm glad, so this kind of turns a low point into a high point, but I'm glad this season I think we saw a shift from the early part was more cynical kind of uh, attacking jokes and the second half got a bit more, we got much more ensemble group, uh, uh, everyone liking each other kind of dynamic, which, uh, which is definitely what I like to see in community. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm curious as the seasons go on, uh, how how frequently we see that positive attitude going. I, I was surprised looking back on the season how often we could point to one of our core cast members and say that person's being a jerk this episode. True. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that goes away as the show goes on, but I I don't know. So I'm curious some, to see. I, I think some episodes in the future, it's not so much one character being a jerk as in all of them for a particular episode. And I'm thinking like Todd when, you know, we get to Todd or, you know, like suddenly everybody's firing at, you know, top level of awfulness. And you're just like, Oh, well, that's not the group I love. You know, like I want to love these people. I want them to be this weird surrogate found family. And, uh, you know, I'm the buddy who's like sitting in that other chair. Right. And so when they are kind of being mean to each other or very uncomfortable, or Jeff hasn't learned his lesson for the 500th time. It's just like, ah, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah, can, can we get along? I mean, if we can't get along, can we just have fun with it at least? Because this is a group that it's more enjoyable to be around them when they are having fun and they're moving in the same direction than when there's a lot of inner conflict. Yeah, and I would agree. Maybe that's another thing they're just figuring out. So um, any other any other lows? Uh, I think, you know, lack of secondary characters, I would mm. say, is a bit of a low. Just would have loved to see a more diversity in the supporting cast. There just it feels, wasn't enough for college. It feels a little bit like the first season of The Simpsons, where, like, the background is just full of nobody characters, just weird yellow people. Yeah. And if you fast forward to season 8, 9, or 30, everybody in the background is someone that you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, we I mean <laughs> name all the characters. We got Fat Neil and Vicky and um Magnitude and I mean just so many of these characters coming up. As I I miss them. I miss them by their absence. They're not quite here yet. Oh yeah, it's been a hot minute since we saw any Magnitude. Yeah, I don't know when he shows up if it's I think it might be season 3. Mm. But um, still still ways away. Um, another low for me, I think, would be Spanish class. I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with Chang. It just, again, I'm not going to really retread what we've already talked about, but it feels like they ran out of ideas. What to do with this class, how it bonded the people together. Like, it just was, 
it just didn't matter after a while. And it, it felt like, you know, an equal um, measure, like how many dances they had this season. Like, OK, yeah. it's your first show, you know, your first sh- um, season. You don't need five dances. And if you don't have good ideas to do stuff with these dances. So um, try some different things. So I don't know if they gave themselves permission all the time to to really go risky. To some maybe that's really my complaint here is that sometimes this this season plays it a little too safe, a little too sitcomy, especially early on in the season where every episode had to end with some song, some sappy song playing over Pierce and Jeff talking about some grand revelation that they had, and it won't really matter next week anyways because the reset switch is coming. Yeah. Also, really bugged me that this is a Colorado college, and we saw palm trees in every single episode. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any any other lows? We'll go on to highs if you guys want to. Yeah, I'm sick of being depressed. Let's talk about the All fun right. stuff. All right, highs, highs. What were the best parts of season one? Maybe new discoveries, even. But what are things that you just reveled in this season? I loved Anthony Hale, the guy who plays Buster in Arrested Development, oh, as yeah. the pottery teacher. Like, so, so good. My blueberries. My little blueberries. Yes, yes that was great. so good. And it actually, that reminds me of another kind of, well, I don't know if you count that as a cameo. That was just a character episode. But our one, our big cameo, Jack Black, I thought was really good and funny. Uh, and I don't, I never think of Community as a, celebrity cameo show but that really worked yeah and that was a pretty big get for them in season one right you know getting jack black and owen wilson in the yeah same he was still That's... pretty near the peak of his popularity wasn't he yeah for for a show like this that was that was they probably called in some favors i gotta say <laughs> i don't know i like buddy i think he's divisive i don't some people may really might not like him i love the character and i really liked how they used them to kind of comment on sitcom changes. And we talked a lot about that. I thought that was a really early sign that community was willing to be kind of very subversive and meta as it kind of did some navel gazing about the construction of sitcoms. And I thought that was a really clever way to do that. Other highs, men playing pool and shorts and underwear and nude I was just going to say that. That's one of my were big standouts. Were not? I absolutely was. That left me, the first time I saw that, It there's stuff I loved in this season, like the contemporary American poultry, the Goodfellas thing. I think it's clever and funny, and you know, it really speaks to the things that are near and dear to me. But that pool episode, the, the conclusion of that pool episode is just... It, it left me this, uh, a puddle on the ground, a, a puddle of just laughing, shaking... I don't know. Puddle of Al. Yeah, just That's a puddle of Al. A real puddle of Al. Uh, I, I cannot get over what a funny scene that was. We might have a contender for Throbbing Cosmic Wounds. <laughs> What'd you say, Heather? I'm sorry. I said we might have a contender for Throbbing Cosmic Womb is one of the most upsetting things we've said. A puddle so I, of I, Al. I shouldn't <laughs> contact Fred Durst to get my band started then. <laughs> uh, uh, are, were there any... Um, we talked to... you. you Heather, you mentioned Tony Hale. Uh, any other guest stars that you really liked? I really liked the um, the sea captain, Lee Majors. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That, that might be another one of my favorite. That, well, that, that was the same episode, right? But having two really good guest stars in the same episode, and we talked about how both those plot lines were equally interesting, or at least to me. Maybe mm-hmm. that's my third favorite episode right there. Mm. I totally forgot those were the same episode. Yeah, me too. That's meaty. It was a meaty episode. It was good. Any other any other uh, guest characters that you guys liked? Op-Ed's dad had some moments I liked. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like that most of the guest stars that jump out at me get at, jump out at me because they were kind of annoying. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's <laughs> Sorry. <fine. laughs> Um, any other any other highs from the season you guys want to mention? Any moments? You don't even have, not the whole episode, but any just like particular moments that you really loved. Well, I really uh, liked... Troy. Oh, sorry. No, no you no, go, no, Thomas. You go. 
Okay, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Troy and Abed singing somewhere out there while they look for Abed's rat. Yes. <laughs> um, Troy oh, and man. Abed as a couple. Like, yeah. The fact that, you know, we've, we've watched the show kind of discover the chemistry between these two characters in this, like, almost Calvin and Hobbes style friendship that they form. It's awesome. And it's, I love it. I love it because it's college. I love it because they act like kids. And, you know, as we said earlier, they just like having fun. And so they do dumb stuff. And it just feels more authentically college than almost anything else on the show. I love the, those two guys. That's actually exactly what I was about yeah. to bring up. We're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about Abed's kind of chemistry with a number of characters. Of course, there's Troy and Abed, but I also love what happens with Jeff and Abed this season. They really become a kind of some a bit of a partners in crime uh, duo in certain episodes, and both of them lean in together to some of the out there genre plots, uh, which is fun. And there's also Chang and Abed, whatever's going on there, and um, <laughs> and Annie and Abed have a few cute moments. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of Annie and Abed, yeah. that episode where they're trying to get um, Abed to more like to to flirt, and he starts flirting with Annie. I love seeing that complete <laughs> switch in Abed, and it just really shows how good of an actor Danny Putty is. Yeah, every time I was like, wow. Sins, so in the third. <laughs> every time he does a character this season uh, is a high point as well. Uh, mm-hmm. All of his yeah. character moments and his Breakfast Club bit. Yeah. Yes. Abed, she's the Ark of the Covenant. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that because I was writing, actually writing a sermon on the Ark of the Covenant this week. And I'm like, oh, can I get away with showing that little? No, <laughs> nobody will understand what that's about. But I love that. Yeah, um, I think another little pleasant surprise that, that kind of came through our rewatch was this Shirley gets actually a lot of very funny stuff this season and good stuff. She does. Like, she is an easy punching bag for a lot of people, uh, you know, fans of the show, especially for like Heather, when you're talking about that episode and other subsequent episodes where she tends to be kind of hyper annoying in her uh, pushing her faith or pushing I don't know. Just, just kind of being oh, no, annoying housewife versus kind of being a, a housewife who's gone back to college. But she gets some really good moments this season. And I, I kind of delighted in identifying those and giving her props because I think her character's a bit underrated and kind of, mm-hmm. kind of nice to be validated about that. Sure. I liked hearing more in the, I know in the early part of the season, we heard some things about Shirley's past. And I feel like I would have liked for a little more of that to come up every now and again. I mean, maybe I guess it kind of does with her joining in in the fight in the Christmas episode. But like, <laughs> I liked hearing weird stories about what Shirley had done, like putting someone's face into a jukebox. And, and <laughs> she's, wounded. she's probably more wounded than anybody else who's yeah. sitting at the table. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard being a single mom. It's hard being, uh, you know, having been dumped and. Yeah, that's, you know, I, not that she has a monopoly on pain and hardship, but uh, I think her character backstory was the most tragic, probably. Um, Annie, I, I feel like she didn't, her best stuff has yet to come. She has some good stuff in season one, but it's it didn't pop up quite as much as I would have thought if he had asked me before the season, but. Yeah, they, they, I think they pigeonhole her a little bit in this season. They give her one or two characteristics, and she just kind of operates within that that little corner of the world. Yeah, her best bit is probably that one where her and Shirley are, are the campus cops. Oh, yeah. They really <laughs> the get to oh, Yes. Uh-huh. That was good. And the, uh, the frog and the corpse and the <laughs> cadaver and, yeah. Oh, that, mm-hmm. that was a good moment. That that was a good episode. Annie running into the pepper spray is a wonderful <laughs> <Yes>. visual image. <laughs> Unforgettable image. Self-inflicted friendly fire. Is that how they <laughs> turned it? Yeah. Uh, my partner's a Christian housewife. <laughs> but they call me psycho. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a good team up. It was kind of fun watching them in season one, like experimenting with team ups between 
different members of the cast and seeing what works and what didn't. And it's kind of surprising, like how much it does work. Like they could take any two of them and slam them together. And under the right circumstances, they're interesting to watch. I mean, even Pierce and other people can be kind of interesting. Yeah, he has his moments. So Al has done us a huge favor this whole entire season at the end of every episode you've listened to us give our report cards and that when when we kind of give our wrap-up of the episode and our personal grade from a to f except for the first episode when thomas tried to to shanghai everything and uh and ruin our rating system before it even began but that's okay i'm not holding a grudge at all what do you ask uh so al has been tracking all of that and uh, i'm giving him carte blanche to kind of just talk about it so what do you want to talk about with your fancy schmancy spreadsheet here, Al? All right. So, yeah, I got to play around with letter grades and GPAs and all kinds of cool stuff. Well, cool if you're a nerd like me. But let's face that, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a nerd like me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I took a look at all the grades and I did some math and ran them by the, uh, the, the college board's GPA calculator to make sure that I was being as fair as possible. I will also mention that uh, Thomas's uh, penchant for pluses and minuses uh, actually extended all the way through episode 13, for the record. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't remember that. It took that long for us to crush his spirit. But I did factor those in. So actually, I think it gave us a little bit more of a diversity in GPAs than than maybe we would have had otherwise. But there were 25 episodes in the four of us, so I actually had 100 grades to work with. And yeah. So over the course of the season, we gave out 27 A's, 28 B's, 28 C's, 14 D's, and three F's. Wow, that's so even for the A's, B's, and C's. Yeah, surprisingly, right? It's actually if you like, hmm. if you look at like a like a bell curve, it's not a bad bell curve as far as what you would want most of your class <laughs> to Hold end on. up with. So as far I know as I grades. gave two F's and Heather gave one. Is that uh-huh. it? That's it. Those are the only F's. You, Alan wow. Thomas never gave an F. Yep, we never gave an F, although wow. in total, now Justin, you gave four D's and F's total. Heather gave four. I gave four. Thomas gave five. So I'm not sure if that makes him the hardest grader out of the Whoa. four of us. Hmm. Um, Thomas got dark side. That's right. <laughs> Didn't but, uh, but Justin's favorite grade, though, was a C. We had, he gave out 10 C's. Mm. Um, Heather's on the other end. She gave out 10 A's. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, forgiving. Uh, i gave out eight b's that was my highest and thomas tied he gave out eight b's and eight c's so i don't know what that means exactly but i think it's interesting (laughs) it means i reached mathematical perfection (laughs) must be it that must be it well i wondered Um, for me if oh i'm sorry gal finish up oh no that's okay oh i've got more so (laughs) go ahead please oh i I was just it's just a quick interlude i was just gonna say I wonder if for me, I'm a little more forgiving because it's not, I'm not that familiar with the show and maybe it's, you know, not, doesn't irk me as much as it irks you guys who've seen later seasons and got to know the characters a lot, <clears throat> a lot more. I wondered about that. If maybe you were better at taking the episode on its own and not having the comparison to some of the later stuff to sort of judge it off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, that occurred to me. I thought that was... I wonder. I wonder what that means when you know in the grand scheme of things. I also know it seems like we were also much uh, easier. At least, not Justin, but you, me, and Thomas were the a little easier on the episodes. I feel like early on in the show, mm-hmm. I think we became a lot more willing to to grade things down as the season went on. But that's I don't have the data to back that up. That's just. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. Oh, yeah. It's also, you know, we're excited. It's, you know, you don't want to kind of come out of the gate and say, oh, that was a stinker, you know? True. Like, yeah. But, I mean, at least in my head, I I feel gla- glad that the C's are my most because that's really the, the baseline. That's right in the middle. That's where I want to say it. an episode has to be better than that to get, you know, above a C. But the C is mm-hmm. an average. You know, that's that's fine with me. Well, you know, and that's our average grade for the season. It was a 2.42, and that's a C. So how do we feel about that? Do we, do we feel like that's an accurate grade for the season? I do. Yeah. If you'd asked me to grade the season, I probably would say a B, a really. But I understand if... I, I think that's that's when you're thinking about the season and kind of the the standout episodes pop out in your mind a bit more. 
But <clears throat> if you're if you're doing it statistically, that does make sense to me that it's more towards the sea. Yeah, I thought that felt about right. Um, although when I looked at the when I ranked the episodes based on their you know sort of their GPA, the middle of the pack for us was a two point five. So falling, I, I just I guess just above that. Uh, we have a triple tie for sort of the very middle of the season. It is because um, there are 25 episodes, so there are 12 higher, 12 lower, and then one that's right in the middle. But we actually had a tie between Spanish 101, which was Chang's first episode, and Pierce and Jeff doing the Spanish presentation. Uh, romantic Expressionism, which is when Annie starts dating Vaughn and Pierce and Troy. Uh, sorry, Pierce joins Troy and Abed's movie night with Kick Puncher. And communication studies, which is the Valentine's dance and Britta drunk dialing Jeff and Troy and Pierce wearing dresses for Chang because he humiliates them. Those pants were suits. pantsuits. That's right. They were pantsuits. You're correct. Sorry. Uh, but that, that was our exact middle of the season. Uh, our lowest episodes, uh, we had a tie for last place. With a GPA of one, we had, so we had no actual F grades in this. The lowest we go was a D, but um, a tie for last place was the Art of the Discourse with the high school kids, and the season finale, Pascal's Triangle Revisited. Hmm. Um, so those are one and two somewhere in a tie. Now a third from the bottom was Interpretive Dance. Troy and Berta joined the dance team. Oh yeah. Fourth from the bottom was Basic Genealogy, which is Family Day with Pierce's stepdaughter and Troy's grandma. And then fifth from the bottom was a tie, again. And that was English as a Second Language, where we learned Chang is not a teacher. An intro to film, which is Abed's weird student film for his dad. So those are our bottom five. Technically our bottom seven, but those are our bottom five ranked episodes. And that all feels about right to me. And I think I, I rated ESL like a B. I think that episode. Uh, correct. Yeah, Thomas and I gave it a D, and Justin gave it a C, though. So that was our that was your your mm. counterbalance there. Yeah. Now our top five also feel pretty. Drum and again, yep. <laughs> um, again, we've got a couple of ties. Our fifth place episode is a tie between physical education, which is billiards class. Mm-hmm. And contemporary American poultry, Goodfellas Ooh, with fifth chicken. Fifth place for poultry, huh? Those are fifth place. Yeah. Oh. Yep. They both both ranked to the three point five. Uh, fourth place is the politics of human sexuality, which is the STD fair. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh yeah. Uh, third place is Intro to Statistics, which is the Halloween party episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was the one that I think we had kind of decided was probably the first really classic episode of the show. So makes mm-hmm. sense. Beastmaster, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then our tie for for first place is a tie between beginner pottery and modern warfare, which made those are both perfect four point I am comfortable wow. with that. Yeah, me, yeah. me too. Yeah, beginner pottery is a great episode. Yes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one that really surprised us. I remember us talking about it just on the rewatch. Going, we knew it was good, but. It was really fun to watch and really fun to talk about. Um, Especially for two plots that don't really intersect at all. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a very, like you said, there's a lot to chew on in it and just is a very strong, very funny episode. Yeah. Well, and I Modern actually end up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, Modern Warfare is so classic and it's almost like it's a, it's a given, but mm-hmm. it was also kind of really enriching to go back and watch that and go, like, how good it was. And the potential that community had uh, kind of springboarding off of that. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes like the popular kid, the popular film, you, there's this natural backlash against it and you go, well, it's, you know, let's, let's nitpick it because we can't like anything. I just like that. We, I like liking that episode and it's, I, I'm glad that we still, we didn't have kind of this knee jerk. Well, it's a popular one. So let's bag on it. I, I think we were very fair to it. Yeah, they do not understand that impulse in the slightest to me. Just just enjoy things. It's so good. I, I think mm-hmm. it's almost – it's so good that it's easy to downplay it because you almost don't think about how good it is because it's so good. Like, you f- What were you going to say, Heather? I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I was actually thinking of mentioning it quite a bit earlier, but in the pottery episode, I just sometimes find myself 
still wondering about the doctor guy. Like, really, what was his deal, though? There were some shifty things, but like, I really love that it makes me feel that way about a side character that I don't, as far as I know, we never see again. Oh, we see him. Oh, okay. Rich is awesome. I love oh, him back. He's, he's a good actor, too. Like, he, he really does a good job. I'm excited. Anything else? Yeah. No. So, yeah, those are those are my stats, our highs, our lows, our middles, and where we all fell personally. So it was really kind of fun to track and interesting to interesting to, to parse out. It was fun to hear. Thanks for keeping yeah, track bravo. of all that. Thanks yeah, for doing so that cool. extra work. Mm-hmm. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I know Thomas did a little bit of extra work, if he has a, a minute here for us, that yeah. we were asking on Twitter our followers what they thought were the best and worst episodes of season one. Do you think that it kind of tracks with what we were just talking about? or Yeah, I think you... overall it does track. I've got a little summary here of um, of what people were saying. I'll, I'll start with the, the worst episodes. Um, uh, there was a bit of... Oh, well, someone mentioned the pilot. Uh, Conversations with Robbie Sherman on Twitter mentioned the pilot as the worst. Uh, and also... Uh, genealogy uh, got a few mentions. Um but the most uh, voted worst, well put sentence, Thomas. Thank you. Um, the worst, <laughs> <laughs> the the worst episode for most people was uh, Art of Discourse. Um, like yeah, tracks. yeah, had a number of people pointing out that one. So it was Art of Discourse and Genealogy as the worst, which I think makes sense. But as best, uh, we had. Uh, a vote from Britta on Twitter um, for uh, for interpretive dance uh, and oh. comparative religion, which is interesting. Uh, didn't expect yeah. interpretive dance, but you know that's what you expect from Britta on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Really that one. Oh, you're the worst, Thomas, <laughs> in the best way. Uh, Overeducated Dawn on Twitter also voted for comparative religion. Uh, Matt put in one for intro to statistics, intro to statistics, which I can say perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had a lot of votes for both, of course, modern warfare and contemporary poultry. So they were the big winners, those two, on Twitter. Uh, I didn't really see any mention of um, beginner pottery, so. Maybe that one's more an us thing. Don't know. And also, just be, huh. it could just be mm. the the ones that are more memorable are the ones that are more more mm. experimental. You know, begin, beginner pottery. It wasn't quite an, as an experimental episode. It's just kind of silly. It's yeah. It's just That's true. Silly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess it, is it. It's kind of the mark of a good show, right? That every episode is somebody's favorite. Sure. So yeah. We that we could hate interpretive dance the way that we did. <laughs> and there's still, it's got a fan out there and that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. Um, yeah. It, and it's, it's awesome. If you kind of like look at a lot of other shows in their first seasons and some, some first seasons of TV shows, you always wonder how they ever got a second, you know, right. It did like Star Trek, the next generation season one 100%. and two, you know, like why did the show even get to the third season? They were so bad. But I mean, there were a couple, you know, episodes. But for the most part, but then you look at Community. But yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Yeah, there's some clunkers, but even the clunkers aren't like the worst things you've ever seen. There's still some redeeming stuff in them and some nice little character moments and quotes, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, and as much as I just cra- crapped on interpretive dance, I mean, honestly, the dance portion of interpretive dance is really funny. Sure. So, yeah, they've all got their their high. And points. Pierce going, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just realizing the the casting of this show is just so good that I suppose, and we might debate this when we get around season four or something. But you could doesn't matter what they write. The cast always brings something really special to the episodes because they're just so talented. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, I, I wanted to put out a question, uh, an award for each of us to give, which is an MVP award. Ooh. 
So pick one character from the season who you think, whether it's a main character, side character, uh, you can't pick yourself, but a character in the show, uh, a character that you think <laughs> it was the best in the season, the, the, the winner, the knockout, no pairing people up, just one character. Who's your MVP award go to? I'm going to go for, and I, I, I'm happy to go first because I, I hope no one else takes this one as well. But um, I, definitely Dean Pelton for me. Every single time that the Dean is on screen, I at least have a smile on my face uh, or I'm curled up in a ball of funnies um, because he is a... puddle a, of Thomas, if you will. He, he, is, <laughs> he is a fluffy ball of funny, um, Dean Pelton. And I just... he's He's always... He's always moving the story along in such a fun way as well. Because he's the Dean, he's always inciting some kind of chaos as well as being incredibly hilarious. So, Dean Pelton all the way. I feel boring, but it's still Chang for me. Like, it's still Chang. I, it, well, I, I said like way back when we were asked, yeah, you're right. He's definitely not. <laughs> but like when, when I was asked, you know, what's our favorite side character? What's our favorite main character? I think there was discourse because I called Chang a side character. But yeah, I'm just, I'm st- I know. And we've been making fun of me loving Chang so much all season. I'm just still going to have to say Chang. Like anyone who's not the main study group for me, I, I love, oh, is Chang going to be in this episode? What's he going to do? And Having Jones a crazy guy and you give him some power over people. Yes. That's an interesting dynamic. And Ken uh, Jong is just so dang funny. Yes. The episode, the, one of my absolute favorite scenes of the entire show is when they send in a, a woman to tell that the class that he died. And then he just busts <laughs> in the door, brings, puts down his boom box, raises fists, and then there's a rap about he can't be killed. <laughs> that's all you need to know about shang right there and watching him get right up in annie's face you know and berate her oh so good they have a great dynamic they do they do yeah um so i was uh i was thinking about going with dean pelton as well for all the same reasons that thomas said i think that he is uh because he is used a lot more sparingly this season than in other seasons. I think every time he showed up, it really was a treat. But for me, I think my MVP has got to be Troy. I I think he is the most consistent cast member in the show. Anything they give him to do, he can make funny. He's got this great sort of Gumby quality to him where his limbs can do whatever he needs him to do. His face can do whatever he needs him to do. Uh, There, I don't think... I can't think of an episode where Troy was boring to me. And so if I got to go with anybody, it's got to be him. I fully support that. He was going to be one of my highs, actually, is Troy's character growth. How we've watched him kind of grow up a bit over the course of the season. Yeah, the first few episodes he was in, I wasn't he just wasn't quite at the Troy level. He was trying to pull off the jock thing. And it was mm-hmm. it was nice to see him shed that because he got a lot more funny and likable. after. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, I don't blame you for that. And oh, I'm kind of torn because I, I do want to mention Troy. Um, I want I want I want to put Britta, but she's nowhere near as awesome as she's going to be. So uh, it's really I would be giving her an award based on a later season, and that's just not fair. That's just not fair. So um, maybe it's a little bit of a boring choice. I'm gonna go with Abed in this season. I think he, even though he is inconsistent at times, even sometimes a jerk, uh, he quickly became a standout character in the show. And this kind of the, I think community came out about the same time that Big Bang Theory did. And so there was a lot of comparisons between the two shows. You know, Big Bang kind of made fun of nerds mm-hmm. and community was a show about nerds who just had fun. And that was, that was a key difference. But also you have two characters that, had some sort of undiagnosed mental issue. Um, one of them who was just, you know, Sheldon was just incredibly annoying yeah. and snotty and, and uh, condescending. And then you have Abed who's 
he just he was so unlike so many other characters you saw on TV because he's very, very insightful. He has a hard time relating to people on an emotional level, uh, but he's trying. And I like to see that he is trying. I like that it really um, he was trying really to be there for Annie in that episode where she was part of uh, Duncan's, you know, what they call the Duncan principle. And oh, yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. he's trying to be there for her to be a good friend. And he kind of overdoes, you know, sticking around and uh, he's furious, but he's not really emoting that. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like if you watch the new Ghostbusters movie, the Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, the character Phoebe, who's got the same sort of uh, kind of autistic uh, spectrum uh, where she's not able to emote like her emotions don't come out, but she's very insightful, smart and funny and just in her way. And Abbott's kind of really funny in his way. And he gets some really great moments this season. I mean, poultry. Yes. But uh, I really like the one where he gets Jeff drunk and, you know, he's trying to be the director. And in this case, he's trying to direct to Jeff. But he also has his little sideshow where he's filming a, sh- a show about community with stars. Like, there's all this weird stuff. Like, Abbott does stuff in the background a lot. And when you really start to notice it, he's a fun character. So I don't begrudge anybody Chang or Troy, but I'm going to go with Abed uh, this time. Well, I certainly won't begrudge you, Abed. Thanks. Solid choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, well, Tom, Thomas stormed out of here. He just said he was gone. He actually he had to depart. So thanks for being here, Thomas. Um, anything else we want to talk about for season one? Final, final thoughts. Wrapping mm. it up. Do a, do a hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I don't know what we want to do here. I'm, di- I'm disappointed we didn't mention the, the episode at the pool where they're doing where they're judging Britta. <laughs> Another standout moment for me. Oh, and uh, the concert with uh, Pierce as a bee. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I, I like that season one had a soundtrack. And, you know, that was back when NBC really cared about the show, thought it might have been something. And so they actually came out with the season one soundtrack and it had songs like that on there and some of the background songs. And, of course, the, the score, which I think is another thing we don't talk about too often, but the soundtrack is really good. It ha- it helped to distinguish the show shows um, audio identity, uh, kind of upbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, it right away kind of knew that this wasn't going to be a Grey's Anatomy kind of super super serious. You know, uh, turn on a dime kind of show, but rather it's a uh, it's a goofy show about college kids and college adults. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the soundtrack I I really liked in season one. Um, I, I like the journey. I like, you know, I'm I, even as much as I like seasons two and three and, and beyond and all of the more meta stuff. I, I'm really glad that we start in such a, a more relatable place. Um, again, going back to Ghostbusters, but the first one uh, I watched, I remember watching the commentary a while back and it really made an impression listening to Harold Ramis, Ramis and um, some of the other people talk about how they knew in the third act they would have to be selling guys with these laser proton packs shooting a giant marshmallow man and they're like you can't do that in the first act that like the audience is it's too much of it's too much of a leap to believe it you have to lead them step by step by step to the point where it can get this ridiculous like there has to be a chain otherwise you kind of break the the sense of disbelief that an audience can is willing to like lend you and I, I've always thought about that because like, you know, community, yeah, it's going to get to some really bizarre, wacky places. But if they started with season two, I don't know if the show would have really connected quite as hard if they hadn't like season one wasn't there to be an on ramp. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, a, so I, I mean, I, that- I wonder if season one just did the rest of the seasons a huge favor by being a little less weird, but still a lot of fun. That makes total sense to me. I mean, I've made the comparison a couple of times to Rick and Morty, which is Dan Armand's probably his next big thing after this. Mm-hmm. And um, it also made me kind of think of Adventure Adventure Time, which mm-hmm. is not a show I ever got into. But I think both of them have sort of the same issue where the, those shows just kind of drop you into the deep end of like, this is what our show's about. And it takes a little bit of time and commitment, at least for me, to actually get on board with what they're doing. And I think you're right. If Community had gone 
right into the deep end in you know in season two with all of their wacky crazy meta whatever especially in 2011 i don't think people would have bit for it i i really think i mentioned before you know my father watched season one of community uh, he didn't stick with it but i think there were a lot of people who would because they laid a really firm foundation. And I think they set a good expectation for the show. It's got the traditional stuff in it, but almost right from the beginning, you could tell it's not just like, you know, it's not a college show. It's going to be about college problems. It's going to be a show set out of college with some of those trappings, but it's going to be doing some just really bizarre stuff. So I'm pretty impressed with what they managed to do in this season. Yeah. I really like the way they've done this. I don't know quite how nuts it gets again haven't watched all of season two and nothing past it yeah i think season two is a good benchmark you know there's going to be stuff in some episodes that are pretty almost season one like and you know because not everything's a modern warfare you know they're but they get they start uh more and more they start doing that sort of stuff so i also like i man season one i really enjoyed that they did put it at a community college. I think that's a very unique setting. I mean, college, sure, that's been done, but you know, kind of taking it down to the a community college. There's no respect there, right? The the mm-hmm. dean has a chip on his shoulder because there's no respect given to community college. But also that it allowed for a wider range of age in actors, and that that kind of made it fun. Like the fact that it's everything from teens to leonard you know it's like (laughs) and everything in between makes that's fun like the idea i would want to go to a college like that where you know you just got this wide range of of nutty people and instead of them all being 19 year old perfect flawless skin um, judd aptow talking people uh, you know i not that there's anything bad with that it just it's not as relatable uh, in my life experience to just communities forming where it's just such a wide diverse array of ages and and ethnicities and viewpoints and backstories and stuff so Mm -hmm. well now you think boy they've done it they finished season one they talked about season one we're ready to go to season two nope 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 not so fast there buckaroo stick around because we have one last thing from season one And we're not going to spoil it, but we do have one more thing we need to cover in next episode. But for now, that's it. Uh, We're going to we're going to wrap up season one today with a nice, bright, shiny Greendale bow and give it to you. Put it on your lap and say, here you go. Share this with your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. And um, and they will know the the sorry the story of uh, thomas and heather and al and justin and how they brought wisdom and analysis to greendale so we can make a human being doll for each of us and they all just look the same but they're supposed how to represent that not a different- my mvp <laughs> <laughs> the human being doll should have been my mvp mm-hmm. dang it heather sorry you're supposed to be my check and balance for this sort of thing all right, that's it for today's show. Follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. Check out our other cult movie review site, our <laughs> other one, our only mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Uh, Mutant Reviewers uh, Movies.com. Uh, we'd love to see you uh, pop over there and give us a little how do you do. And that's it. We'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.